everyone. It's meteorologist Joe Martucci with the Press of Atlantic City. Welcome to Something in the Air podcast. And we are in person today with Dr. Dave Robinson at his lovely, can we call you kind of a corner office here? You have? No, it's just a nice office for faculty. Just a nice <laughs> office for faculty here on Livingston campus at Rutgers. And uh, Dr. Robinson, people are coming in to Rutgers now. The school year is starting up. Now I feel a little more buzz in the air. We're doing this right before Rutgers football game, too, so maybe a little extra buzz. But how are you feeling uh, getting into the real finale here before school starts? I'm trying to catch up because I've got two classes starting on Tuesday. Okay, what two classes are they? Well, one is a freshman seminar okay. on the climate of New Jersey. We call it from polar bears to palm trees, so mm. there's a little climate change thrown in there and my other course is an intro to intermediate level course on climate and and climate variability and change but a lot of the fundamentals of what makes the climate tick globally right not with not with a jersey focus globally right Let, let me ask you do you is teaching your most favorite part of the job uh is it, it up it there? is when i'm teaching Okay, when you're teaching. When I'm doing state climatology things, that's my most interesting and enjoyable. And and when I'm doing my research on global snow cover, that's my most interesting. And that's the beauty of this position. Um, The the worst of it is you never have enough time to do any of the three. Um, But altogether, that's what makes this such an interesting occupation. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So let's get started into this month. And what I want to start out with is something that happened at the beginning of the month. We had a tornado in Millville. That was on August 7th. Now, it wasn't a big tornado, but it did uh, knock over some solar panels at the sewage waste treatment facility, I believe, and also knocked down some trees. But it has been, up until now, pretty active in the severe weather department. My question is, how many tornadoes have we seen in New Jersey so far? Where does that rank in recorded history. How far can we go back on that? Yeah, that was uh, one of three tornadoes on August 7th, and and that made eight for the season where we sit right now. Uh, That ranks as tied for the third most on record. We have records going back to 1950 or so. Um, We had nine in 1987 and a whopping 17 in 1989. Uh, now, fortunately, most of these, as we find with New Jersey tornadoes, are of the weak variety. This year, they were all the two weakest categories. Uh, and that, while there's been damage, there have been no injuries I know of in any of these storms. And they're aw- often awfully small in size. So we should be very grateful for that in New Jersey. As a matter of fact, the two years were tied with. Uh, 1973 and 1990, each of those years had one EF3 or F3 at the time. time. Uh, They've revised the scale and one F2. So while we had the same number as those years, ours are all weak this year. But those two years had two pretty powerful storms, the type of storms that do severe damage to homes and other buildings and can just knock down numerous trees, power lines, and they tend to be on the ground longer and just larger in size. The one with the F3, was that the one in Ocean County? Am I putting you on the spot here? You're putting me on the I'm spot. I'm putting you on the spot. I can't okay. remember which was which. Um, the one in 90 
was the e, the F three there was in Montgomery Township okay. in Somerset County. Okay, that I'm sure because it was just a couple miles from my house. Sure. Okay. So switching gears from severe weather to just temperatures. Um, looks like Atlantic City International Airport temperatures above average. Nothing shocking for us here, um, and we look to be fairly even between the high temperatures being above average and the low temperatures being above average. Now, we're not completely done with the month just yet, but where are we going to stack up here when we get to uh, the end of the month? Yeah, it's 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 above normal, but the fact is the last week or so, we've almost every day has been a little below normal. Mm-hmm. So that's what brought us down yes. uh, a degree, degree and a half in, in terms of anomalies or departures from normal. Um, this is going to place us... Probably in the top 20 uh, for warmth, maybe a degree and a half in the, for southern New Jersey before all is said and done. Uh, we don't have all the numbers in yet. Um, but when you combine it, uh, I've been looking at it tentatively statewide. Uh, when you combine it with June and July, it looks like this summer, these mm-hmm. past three months, is going to be about... Somewhere between 5th and 8th warmest summer on record. Um, July was the 5th warmest. Mm-hmm. I believe June was the 13th warmest. And and it's not so much that, well, one was in the top, was 5th. But it's not like we had a number one. But it's like every month is ranked in the top 15 or 20. Yeah. So, it's again, it's the persistence, it's the continued warmth that we've been experiencing. And... and you know, it's going to mean that the, the eight warmest summers in New Jersey, going back to 1895, have all been in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, and you're going to answer my next question here, and just tell us why that is. Well, <laughs> it, I, I think it, it's becoming a clear mark of, of climate change, if you call it global warming, take a little step further, human impacts on the environment. You know, you can't pick any one year or two years, but when you look at 10 years, 15 years, the last 20 years have had most of the warmest summers on record. Not all, because Mm -hmm. there's always been climate variability. Um, But when you see it time and time again, and not just in New Jersey, not just here in the Northeast, but we're seeing this globally. and, And that has a human fingerprint all over it. Yeah. I I tell people, you know, we've been warmer than we've been now. We've been colder than we've been now in the Earth's history. But the rate of change is something we haven't seen before. I think you would agree with me on that. Yeah. No, and here's here's an interesting sideline. And it's been in the press recently with a few things I've done with the Washington Post and a few upcoming things that will be broadcast. Here, we've got a figure on the State Climate website that shows um, the five warmest and five coldest of each month of the year going back to 1895. So again, the top five uh, warm Julys, the top five cold Julys. The last time New Jersey had a month in the top five for cold weather was December of 1989. Uh, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, well, yeah. Just barely, though. (laughs) That was the coldest, it just happened to be the coldest December on record, going back to 1895. That's Now, since that time, we've had close to 50 months in the top five for warmth. 
So that just shows you the incredible imbalance and is vivid evidence of just how the world you've grown up in is a lot different than the world I grew up in going back 40 years before that in the latter part of the 20th century. And I, I might be going down the rabbit hole a little bit here, but to your point, you know, being interested in weather my whole life, I just feel like it's I'm just used to seeing above average months or top five months. And obviously people who are my age, a little older, a little younger, like we're used to that. So do, do you see maybe on like a societal or communications issue that people maybe are a little desensitized to this because we're seeing it so often? This is more of an opinion yeah, question. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's desensitized or just adapted mm-hmm. um, to it being warmer. I tell my students in September, our summers are longer, so the students are wearing their shorts and, and not having to throw on a jacket until October. Yeah. And that Sure, we had warm spells in past Septembers, but not consistently, (laughs) seemingly almost year after year, our summers are getting longer. And this isn't just being shown with temperatures. We're seeing ramifications of that. If you talk to mosquito control commissions in the counties around the state, they're having to spray for mosquitoes. They're having to do counts of mosquitoes and look for diseases that mosquitoes uh, carry into the fall and they didn't have that before and and they're running out of resources each year and they're also running out of summertime assistants who are back in college and they never had to worry about that before so these are some of the subtle or not so subtle ramifications of our expanded summers Mm -hmm. let's uh we'll switch topics although maybe a little related we'll go into precipitation and the warmer your climate is the more moisture you can hold however this month at least at again lansing international airport we are actually below average for rainfall and that's something we haven't seen too often recently the next couple of days dry to maybe mostly dry across the area so i think we have a pretty good gauge to say where we're going to be in precipitation wise yeah, we're going to be running uh, you know, a half an inch or so below normal, it kind of in the middle third, the middle mm-hmm. of the pack, uh, compared to the historic records. Um, but lately, given how very wet we've been for the last almost two years, um, that's a bit of an outlier to see the graphs we post on our, red so- our, our website look at anomalies in their red bars when it's below average, and there's green when it's above average, and these... Bar graphs have been very green uh, of late, yep. um, but not excessively so. And and for a county uh, like Cape May, which was one of the was the driest part of the state back in July, Cape May bubble, uh, maybe. Well, August has been just about <laughs> as wet as July was, mm-hmm. so they they didn't do a catch up fully, but right. they they've done better. Uh, but yeah, we um, we had the moisture around. We certainly had some humidity this month. Uh, but we didn't have the triggers and as widespread the storm, thunderstorms and showers this month. Um, northwest part of the state did better. Um, but um, otherwise, the state as a whole, as a matter of fact, is going to end the month a half an inch or so below average. And just to remind everybody, last August was 
humid and wet as well. Where did, do you remember where we ranked last August? No, but we were up there in the top 10 for wetness, I think. Last year was kind of a back-end loaded summer for precipitation. This yeah. year has been more of a front-end loaded. <laughs> right. And I might add, when we talk about half an inch below average, we're talking about three and a half inches or so falling. Got so it. that's still a healthy amount of precipitation. It's kept things relatively green. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, the, the farmers and the vineyards... Uh, they're they're not complaining too much because last year there was so much moisture. Uh, even in the sandy soils of South Jersey, uh, crops were lost because of the excessive wetness. Mm-hmm. So pretty happy is what you're saying. Farmers yeah, are it's pretty good because yeah. we haven't had these a uh, deep dive into uh, a flash drought or anything like that. Sure, and bringing up my next topic, we're still not in a drought, which is great news. Um, and I believe if I did my um, uh, research right, last time we were in drought was April of 2017. So just what have we been seeing? I mean, the past two years, is it? do we get into these cycles where we get drier and wetter? Is it are we a little bit of luck? How, how are we out where we're in this positive state right now? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the truth. We haven't had a, a drought in what is considered extreme or severe in New Jersey since 2002. That's the last. I remember time, that drought. Actually. That's the last time the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection had a drought warning or emergency out. We've been teased several times since then with drought watches. Um, 2017, um, 2010, 20, I can't mm-hmm. remember all the times, but it seems like just when we were getting into too dry a condition, it would start raining again. Um, the last couple of ones have been short-term. They've been mostly associated with the summer where things can dry out pretty quickly. And then in comes the trigger and, and, and we get some rainfall. So we've been very fortunate. It is not as if we're overdue. Mm. There's really no such thing in climate parlance of that. Um, there's no fixed cycle for these things, as you mentioned. Uh, but there's an awful lot of variability when you talk about precipitation. Um, you can, and it even has regionality. Right now, for instance, upstate New York is on the dry side, and they're getting in a somewhat excessively dry situation. Mm. Where down east Maine has been wet, um, right. so there's been a lot of very small scale regionality, nothing wide scale drought wise. Parts of the southeastern U.S. have gotten a little dry, but the U.S. drought-wise is one of the. This year has been one of the more drought-free periods in the last two decades, and that's great. That's great. Well, um, it's well, great, well, except oh. out in the central part of the country, they had way too much moisture in spring and early summer. I, I yes, you are correct. That is that is right. I I should be missed. So you don't want too much rain either. No. Uh, but we are for the most part drought-free. Um, in a large part of the country. Just because it's late August, um, hurricane season, we have Dorian as we're recording this, not making landfall in Florida yet, but probably by the time a lot of you hear this, it will be around the area. We won't get to the forecast of that per se. Um, But just talk to us about New Jersey's risk of seeing a hurricane or tropical storm. Is there some kind of like percentage probability a year? And then my next question uh, would be taking a step back and going, returning back to climate change and what we have uh, seen so far in terms of the interactions with hurricanes. Yeah, a set of good questions there. Um, there. We can often get affected by 
indirect aspects of tropical storms if the, and hurricanes. If they're well offshore, we're talking rip currents and, and, and rough surf. If they come up inland, they can also often bring a lot of moisture. We actually got some of the remnant energy and moisture from Hurricane Barry uh, earlier this summer. Uh, but it was so many days after it came on shore, you'd really have to follow that sure, track yep. in here. Um, so we, we're always getting some impact, it seems, in most every year. But the direct, the more direct impacts, they happen infrequently enough that you can't really say the frequency is 10% or right. 25%. But you always have to keep your eyes out. Um, the old adage is it only takes one. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, Boy, Andrew, back in the early 90s, was such a severe storm for the first storm of the year. And then I told him, the first, that A storm was the last week of August. That was a very quiet year. But Andrew was anything but quiet. So you have to be real watchful of that. Um, so Jersey, uh, you know, the odds of being hit directly by a hurricane in any year, pretty, pretty slim. Uh, but to have some indirect or maybe even a glancing blow from a, a storm is not all that unusual at all. Uh, as for the future, um, the modeling community, the hurricane modeling community right now, the general consensus is that the future will not bring the Atlantic Basin mm. more storms, but it may bring more of those storms may reach severe levels, higher categorizations. And then there's a growing work of, of research uh, that ties in to um, the quick evolution, the quick um, amplification of the, and intensification of these storms, which is really a frightening proposition. Um, and that's somewhat born of above average sea surface temperatures that can work in concert with atmospheric phenomenon to quickly intensify these storms. And, and that reduces the time we, you can prepare for them and evacuate for them. So, to summarize, stronger storms, quite possible in the future, more quickly intensifying storms in the future, but at this point, doesn't seem like there will be more of them. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to go back and let people know the last time we had a direct landfall from a hurricane was 1903, the Vagabond Hurricane. Yeah, and that's even debatable whether it was a hurricane upon landfall. We didn't have good anemometers and such, but it was, <laughs> it was certainly a, a very strong tropical system or a Category 1 hurricane. Sure. Um, we've s seen them before, and that came ashore right around Atlantic City yep. um, and headed up towards Trenton as opposed to Sandy, which was a hurricane until a few hours before making landfall in Brigantine, and then headed almost up the Atlantic City Expressway, um, more towards directly towards the west. Right, and I think the bigger story is it doesn't matter if it's named a hurricane or if it's not technically a hurricane. The damages is all the damages has no name, whether well, it's a name or not. And, and then you got to watch it with hurricanes, and this is something that's had a lot of debate since. Um, since Florence last year um, and, and going back to Harvey before that and of course then back to Sandy and everyone's very very keenly aware now that hurricanes aren't just windstorms yes. they bring 
damaging surf, storm surges and such. And what we saw with Sandy north of Atlantic City up into New York Harbor was a storm surge that was far greater than one would expect from a strong tropical storm dying hurricane because Sandy was huge in size. Mm -hmm. So pushed a lot of water a long distance up onto the shore. And then as we looked at with Harvey and Florence, they stalled out and they dropped incredible amounts, multiple feet of rainfall with subsequent inland freshwater flooding. So hurricanes are far more than just wind storms. They bring coastal flooding from storm surges. They bring inland flooding from excessive rainfall. So people have talked about another way of defining these storms rather than just look at wind speed of 74 miles an hour, yeah. sustained winds or greater. Very true. And I, I was telling people today, I said, you know, we're going back to Dorian, which uh, when we're recording this is a uh, uh, category two, category three hurricane, three, three. Thank you. I uh, I was getting the updates. I was driving up here. Yep. But, you know, the radius that the hurricane winds extend out to are not that far in comparison to the size. Like when I saw this morning, it was about 20 nautical miles, so maybe 25 miles outward. So it's really it's, – it's, for some people, yes, it's about the wind. But for a lot of us here, it's about the storm surge. It's about the rain that comes from it, not so much what the exact winds are. That's going to be for some people, but for a large majority, it's not like you're on the outside of Sandy. You know, If you're on the outer bands of Sandy, you were getting sustained winds of 60, 70 miles an hour. You, you weren't, but you were still getting wind damage, and you were getting storm surge and a lot of it, as you said. Anything else you want to add about hurricanes? Uh, again, just to emphasize that one has to really pay attention um, when you get to this time of the year. We're approaching peak season, and, and it's not like you should head for the hills, uh, but when you're down near the coast, you should be prepared for these storms, um, and you should know where to listen and, and to warnings as they might come out. Um, you should be prepared to hunker down in place, or if asked to evacuate, um, have a plan on how to do so. Um, but again, you don't have to go running towards the hills uh, until <laughs> and unless the storm is a direct threat. And then don't wait. Um, get out. It's, it's much safer. Uh, you'll be back. Hopefully where you reside is back, and hopefully... Well, your vacation might be cut short, right. but it's, it's all. But you'll for be the alive good. to go on vacation again. It's all for the good. That's right. That's right. And we had um, uh, on Wednesday in Vetner Down Beach Community Meeting where we had uh, multiple towns, and we had um, Lancey Electric, South Jersey Gas. Myself was there. Jim Everwine, who we interviewed last time on this podcast, um, and it was really good information about what to do to prepare yourself, what to do when that evacuation order comes out. Uh, even fun, I shouldn't say fun facts, but helpful facts. Like, for example, you know, if you are going to evacuate, put your personal information on a key on a flash drive, put it on your keychain because your electronics might get washed away, but at least you'll still have your information there. Yeah. So, and, and mind you, these things, these same things as people on the shore know, apply to nor'easters. Yeah. Um, you know, not for the vacationers, but, you know, <laughs> nor'easters, as everyone lives near the coast well knows, can pack as much or greater punch than, you know, your run-of-the-mill tropical sure. storm, yeah. let's say. And you're getting that more often. You could have, we can, you know, we get moderate coastal flooding at least, I would say, on average once a year down in South Jersey. So it's something, uh, 
you know, to be aware of. So, all right, so let's wrap this up here. Tell us what's going on with the uh, Weather and Climate Network here in New Jersey. Anything new? Uh, we put in, I don't know since last time, whether we are stationed in East Brunswick has come online. Um, but otherwise, we're still cranking along. Um, the network's going well. Um, we're inter- interfacing with folks in emergency management and the weather service. Uh, we're provide, always providing various pieces of information to the research community, to environmental organizations. Um, everyone's welcome to visit. Uh, the site is available publicly. And uh, if you have any questions, there's even buttons to push that come right into my email and, and to uh, Matt Gerbush, the assistant state climatologist email, and we'll get back to you with a try to answer your questions or, or requests that you might have. Yes, and he answers every question, even the ones that I ask him. Uh, well, what if I don't know the answer, I just make it up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, so what, what's the website for that? Tell us it, it is njclimate.org uh, to get climate information. And for the, the real-time weather information, go to njweather.org. All right, and I'm going to end off with this, too. Next March, did you know we're going to be conference buddies? No. At, okay. Well, I will explain. So we are we are both, according to what I have heard from Joel Mott of the New Jersey Pinelands Commission, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. we will both be at Stockton next yeah. March. I don't remember the day off the top of my head, but if you go look up New Jersey Pinelands Commission, the short course, you can come on by. Uh, it's a, pretty much everything you want to know about the Pinelands. Joel, I know, asked you to present, and I believe, if all goes to plan, you're going to present in the morning, I'm going to present in the afternoon. That's what I heard. Things may change. But uh, you're going to tackle, from, again, what I understand, the climate part of the Pinelands. I'm going to talk more about the day-to-day meteorology. Of course, you're more than welcome to jump into anything I have, uh, if you want to stay that long. Well, I'm going to steal all your thunder in the morning, no pun intended. Um, but <laughs> I'm really, going to finish it off. I'll, I'll be doing two sessions okay. in, in the, in the uh, morning. I do it every other year. This is probably about the fifth time I've done it. Uh, and I figure people are too bored to see me every year. I don't think that's uh, true. Uh, but every well, I like my Saturdays to myself. I sometimes understand. too. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's a great, it's a great day, and hundreds of people turn out. And there's wonderful presentations. I really, if you lo- love the environment, not just the weather, we'll be there mm-hmm. to talk weather and climate. But there's all kinds of uh, presentations. So I can't speak highly enough. Uh, about this uh, Pineland short course, uh, and and look look to March, yeah, yeah, look look, look to, to March. March. You know, something to do maybe on your Saturday. And March gets a little quiet down in South Jersey. I know, I know. So, all right, so we're gonna wrap it up here. That is all for something in the air podcast. Looking back at the month of August, we are going to have a guest for you sometime in the middle of the month. Who that guest is is TBD, and then we will be back here with Dr. Robinson, probably over go to meeting, but. We never know. Might be back up here at the end of the month. So. You're always welcome back to camp. Ah, oh, so. thanks. I appreciate it. You know, I do, you know, walking around here at Rutgers, it's, uh, it really puts a smile on my face. I really I really did enjoy it uh, all my time here. I think it made me develop to be a more confident person, so I really can't thank Rutgers enough for that. And thank you for letting me uh, do some research when I was here as well. No, it's great. You're welcome back anytime. All right. Maybe we'll be back here next time. So until then, everybody, take care. Enjoy local summer. We'll be back at the end of the month. Take care.